So for those of you who might not know me, I'm Mindy. Uh, I was, I've been with Blue Water since before it was Blue Water uh, for a long time, but then I spent eight years in Indonesia doing a Blue Water adventure in Indonesia and, and sharing the kingdom using judo to be in families and, and to try to spread the kingdom there. Um, and then I've been with you all since the beginning of the pandemic for like three years now. I've been back in Hawaii uh, traveling with you guys, living at the community house K2, um, adventuring with you all again and loving it. Um, like Kwok said, um, Jordan and Sonia are off in the UK. So last week we had Connor who gave an amazing sermon about the power of invitation and how God invites us in uh, and really says, okay, we've got this cool stuff and I'm going to do it with you. Yeah. Uh, so that leads us to our warm-up question for the morning. So our warm-up question for today is, what has God been inviting you into, right? What is the last big thing that God has been inviting you to and how's it going? Um, so maybe it's just showing up to church and that's awesome, right? If God has been inviting you just to come, welcome, we're glad you're here. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while and you've been hearing from him and he's been talking to you about some big things. So take like 30 seconds, think of it, Right? Hold it in your head, and then I want one sentence of what God has been asking you to do with him, and one sentence of how it's going, and we'll poll, poll the audience for a minute. So think first, give you a second. All right, who has a good one? Raise your hand. What has God been inviting you into? What's the last big thing? Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's a big thing. So Julie's bought a boat and was restoring it to get a blue water mission ready. How's it going? A two-year journey that has turned into six and a half. Okay. It's almost ready. It's getting there. Good job. All right. Have another one? Motherhood. Motherhood. God invited you into motherhood. That's huge. Yes. How's it going? <laughs> Turns out, not just nine months. Excellent. Yeah. Is there one more? One more? Something God has been inviting you into? Maybe you haven't started yet, but it's a new invitation from God. Yeah. Just spending more time with Him. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so just spending more time with God. How's it going? Have you started? Yeah. It's good? Okay. All right. Very good. Um, so I, I love how Jesus invites us. He invites us into freedom. He invites us into healing. But really, it's, it's all about him inviting us into purpose with him, right? There's always some purpose um, that he's inviting us into. Uh, so really, the question is, okay, so you get this invitation from God. You accept it. And then what, right? What happens next is the big question. Um, this past year, or for a while now, God has been inviting me just to learn how to take care of myself, <laughs> which, which seems silly and small, and I, I hate it. I hated the invitation. I didn't want to take it, to be honest. Um, it seemed too small. It seemed boring and kind of selfish. Um, I'm a very capable person, and I feel capable of so much more than just taking care of myself. You know, I was in Indonesia, I was adventuring with Jesus, and it was all about taking care of other people and, and the needs around me and bringing the kingdom, and that's, that's what I like, um, you know, until 
I land in the hospital with typhus, or <laughs> I'm coming back home and I can't get on a plane because my knee has swelled up so big that I can't sit, let alone walk, you know. And so Jesus finally convinced me that, like, you know, learning how to take care of myself means that we can do bigger and better things if I can keep myself healthy while we do them. Um, he really had to kind of drill it into me that, that he loves me and cares about me more than he cares about the things that I'm going to do for the kingdom. Um, so I accepted his invitation. I've been working on it. I've been going to the gym with the guys. Um, I've been going snorkeling before service on Sundays. It's been really good. Figuring out the things that really feed me. Um, I have a new therapist the last six months I've been talking to. I'm starting to get the hang of it, but, you know, I still trip up along the way. Thankfully, God has provided me with some side quests here and there uh, to kind of, you know, just small things, preach a sermon here or there, you know, build a little swing set here or there, um, and just kind of, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I trip up here and there. I lose the thread. I kind of fall apart and have to, have to pick myself back up again. So I thought it would be good, uh, and I checked with God. And he said, okay, uh, if we all took a look together at what Jesus says, uh, what he has to say about what, what happens after we accept that invitation. So we're going to be in Luke today, and if you have a Bible, you can open up your Bible, uh, or be on the big board behind me if you don't have one on your device. We're going to be in Luke 14, and we're going to read 25 through 35. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to use the New Living Translation. And it starts out with, a large crowd was following Jesus. Okay, so a bunch of people have accepted the invitation. They're all following Jesus. They're all along for the ride. He turns around and says to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and your mother, your wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, your even, even your own life. Everybody say, whew. Yeah. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. So literally, to, to face the most painful and humiliating death possible created by man, if you're not willing to face that, you can't study with me. All right? Don't begin until you count the cost. For who, could be, who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building, couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the army of 20,000 soldiers marching against him. If he can't, he'll send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we all have ears here. We have heard it. It's, it's a tough one to take. I think there's a lot of things in this that, that trouble me, that bother me, right? 
Um, hopefully you let scripture kind of bother you. Take like 60 seconds, talk to the person next to you. What bothers you about this passage? What troubles you about this? What's hard about it? Go ahead, talk to the person next to you. Right? Um, so some of the things that bother me, and maybe they're the same things that bother you, right? This is the same Jesus who tells us to take on his light yoke, right? Who welcomes us in, who is loving and accepting of everyone. Um, you know, it, does Jesus actually want people to follow him? Because it sounds like he kind of doesn't, <laughs> right? It sounds pretty tough. It's pretty harsh. Um, right before this in Luke, uh, Jesus gives this parable, basically saying there's a huge wedding banquet, and all kind of the high-class people were so busy, they couldn't take the time to come to the banquet. And so he invited in the beggars and you know, all the crippled people off the street, anyone around. He wants the party to be full. He wants everyone there. But then it seems like, okay, they get to the door, and then he's like, well, but do you really want to come in? Right? It's, it kind of like is a stop-and-go uh, kind of feeling to it. It's, it's really good news if you are poor, if you have nothing to leave behind to follow Jesus, it's great news. But I think for the majority of us, this is really tough, right? Um, and it kind of begs the question, well, well, doesn't Jesus want me to follow him? Why does he make it so hard? Yeah. I think the second thing that bothers me here is, you know, it talks about sitting down and, and counting the cost, right? Which is easy to do, or easier to do, if you're building a building, or if you see an army far off and you have an army, you kind of, kind of estimate, okay, this is what it's going to take. But for so many of us, we don't know what our futures are, right? We don't know exactly what we're going to have to give up um, in following Jesus. It's hard to say, right, what exactly it will cost us. Um, what if you're, you're walking together with Jesus and he walks right past this amazing job opportunity that you didn't know was going to be there? Right? What happens if you're walking with Jesus and he walks right past all of your childbearing years? What's going to happen? Right? Um, so God knows what you have to pass up in walking with him, but a lot of us don't. Uh, so that's kind of tough for me in this passage. Um, makes me think it, you know, it might not actually be about sitting down and tallying up, doing a cost-benefit analysis before you say yes to Jesus, um, it might be more about, okay, what are you going to have to give up along the way, right? Um, and then there's that last thing about salt, right? It's, it feels kind of just thrown in there, this thing about salt at the end. Um, it's a repetition from the Sermon on the, on the Mount where, you know, it's used to describe kind of the, the common folks and tell them, don't be like everybody else, you know, be individuals, let your light shine, be salt to the people around you, be really flavorful, um, does it seem like a bit of a non-sequitur there? Okay. So I think when you, when you take it all together, uh, this whole passage, I think it's, it's really about not letting anyone but Jesus decide where you're going. Right? Um, it's, it's not necessarily about having to hate life. It's not about you know, sitting down and, and weighing out what it's going to cost you before you say yes. I think it's really about looking to Jesus first no matter what else is passing by, which is also really hard, <laughs> right? Um, Connor used this example last week, and I loved it, so I'm going to steal it, and I need someone to be Jesus. Can someone be Jesus for me? 
Anyone? Samuel, all right. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> okay, so Connor last week used a broom as an example of, of the, the yoke that we wear with Jesus, right? And he invites us in. So Jesus has his yoke, and he's wearing his yoke. Go ahead. Thank you. Okay. And he invites us into his yoke. Yes. And then we walk around and we're doing awesome and I'm loving it. I'm feeling good. We're pulling together for the kingdom. Okay. And then all of a sudden something catches my eye. Uh, and, and there's something else. Okay. And there's something else. Right. Thank you, Samuel. Appreciate it. Okay. And I think, you know, that, that's something else that catches our eye. It's, it's a lot of different things, right? It can be a lot of different things. I love that testimony. It could be your bank account starts dropping, right? You have no leads for a project. Are you looking to Jesus and saying, okay, Jesus, what are we going to do about this? Or are you looking to your bank account and saying, this is dropping. I need to take care of this. Okay, I have people to feed. I have a family. I got to be responsible here, right? Who are you looking to? Um, maybe you're walking with Jesus and a really attractive person walks by and you think, hey, be, yoking around with them seems a lot more fun, right, than yoking around with Jesus, okay? Who are you going to be looking to, right? Um, maybe a family member gets sick, right, and you think, okay, I know I'm with you, Jesus, but I got to take care of this. It's my family, right? Or do you say, you know, Jesus, I know you love them more than I could, better than I could. What are we going to do about this? What do you want me to do about this? What are you going to do about this, right? Um, who are you looking to first? Yeah. Um, and I think for, for a lot of us, for me in particular, the thing that takes me out of the yoke so often is comparison, comparing myself to others, right? Um, I see people who are more successful or in a different stage of life, have things that I don't have, um, and it just draws my eye, right? Um, and I start looking away from Jesus. Uh, even, you know, last month, um, Butler gave this amazing testimony. He was down in Waikiki, um, and he was praying for people, and he healed somebody, um, and I heard it, and instantly inside of me, I was like, I should be doing that. I could do that. Why am I not doing that? Right? Instead of, instead of looking to Jesus, you know, and God had to check me hard. And he had to be like, Mindy, we're doing this thing, right? We're going this way. You're with me. You know, we're doing this thing together. Don't start comparing yourself. Take faith from that. Take inspiration from that. Um, but don't try to be like that. Walk with me, right? So, Big question, what makes it easier to not look around, right? We have this saying at Blue Water that discipleship is follow through. Um, discipleship is follow through. It's following through on the things that Jesus is asking you, inviting you into. And then discipling someone else is follow up, is, is supporting them, being with them in it, um, helping them through it. So a um, couple of options that I see. Option one, I think, is leaving yourself no other choice. <laughs> so there are times when Jesus invites us into a yes that is so big that it gets us in over our head. Okay? 
Jesus invites us in to, to basically get stuck in so hard that it's, it's hard to do anything but look to him, right? Um, it's, it's what I imagine parents must feel like, good parents, when they have kids, right, and the kids are being difficult, they can't leave those kids. They just got to figure it out, get, get through it. Um, you know, if you say yes to hosting a trafficking survivor in your house, or even just inviting someone in who's not in your family, and you have to figure out how to live with that person, what to, what to do with them, uh, how to be with them, right? More than just roommates, just share life together. Um, our youth group is going on a missions trip. It's a huge yes. You're in a foreign country. You don't know what people are saying. You have to rely on God, yeah? Um, and there are moments in our life where Jesus does invite us into big things that we feel like we're getting in over our head, and that forces us to look at him, yeah? Um, so take another, take another minute. Did Jesus ever invite you into something, or have you been in a situation where you're in over your head and you had to look at Jesus because you didn't have any other options? Go ahead, share, share with your neighbor. What was that like? All right. Um, I mean, I will say, for myself, it's actually much, much harder for me to keep looking at Jesus here in Hawaii where I don't have to, right? In Indonesia, things were crazy. <laughs> I was way out of my depth. I didn't know what was going on, and I had to look to Jesus every day to figure out what was happening. Here, I basically, I could do things on my own, and I'd be okay. And I think that's a struggle for a lot of people to keep looking at Jesus when we could do it on our own, right? Uh, all right. <laughs> um, so... Uh, you know, the, the other option then, if you're, you know, Jesus isn't inviting you into some big yes, or, or you don't really feel like um, you're supposed to go in over your head, option two is get other people to help point you back to Jesus, right? These, these are our discipleship questions. These are our community asking us uh, what's happening in our life. Do you guys remember the discipleship questions? Our Blue Water discipleship questions, there's five of them. It goes, we started kind of off with it at the beginning of the service. What has God been talking to you about, right? Or what's the most important thing in your life right now? What are you, what are, what's going on? Number two, what are you doing about it? What action steps are you taking, yeah? Number three, what's holding you back? What's been hard? What's been difficult? Where are you getting stuck? Number four, who are you taking with you, right? So not only who is holding you accountable, but who are you being an example to, as you walk out this invitation with God, yeah? And lastly, the, the one that gets us stuck in, how can I help, right? How can I support you? How can I be community to you? Um, we're all meant to be supporting one another as we're accepting these invitations from God. Uh, we all want to influence one another towards Jesus, yeah? Um, so I've, I've maybe made the mistake of telling my, my housemates, my therapy homework each week. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, some weeks it goes better than others. But th this past week, um, I was supposed to just read for half an hour after work. Just to decompress, taking half an hour after dealing with eighth graders all day. Um, and, and read for a little bit instead of doing, you know, more unhealthy things like just crashing and taking a nap or junk food or something else. Um, and so I, was, I told my roommates this. I was like, okay, this is, this is my th homework for the week. This is what I'm going to do. And so I come home Tuesday, uh, and I'm kind of dragging after a day with eighth graders, like you do. 
Uh, and, and my roommate says, like, oh, did you read? I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm, I'm just done. And he physically took my backpack off. And he physically took me with my keys and said, you have books in your car. Go outside. Read. Right? Now, <laughs> I, I could have taken him. I, you know, I'm, you know it's just saying, like, it's... If, if I really didn't want to, I, I wouldn't have had to, right? But, but I was glad after that that I have somebody who's going to hold me accountable, right? Who's going to actually say, no, you said you wanted to do this thing. This was a goal of yours. Do it, right? Um, and I love that. I love that about uh, community. Um, we listen to God for people a lot at Blue Water, right? We give prophetic words. Um, we try to be listening for other people. And the person is always the decider. They get to decide, okay, yeah, that really feels like it's from God. That's similar to what he's been talking to me about. It's confirmation, right? It always points people back to Jesus. Um, and then we try to hold people accountable, not in a spirit of judgment, not to put any guilt on them, but just to say, hey, we want to support you because this is the thing that you said you wanted to do, right? Um, so if you're not in an Ohana group, get in an Ohana group, right? That's the people that are going to be supporting you, um, asking you how it's going, asking the discipleship questions to you. Um, community houses, I'm so thankful for our community house um, just a microwave of discipleship, right? You just put discipleship in a microwave and you just hit the high button. Um, because you have those people every day who are checking in with you, um, who are holding you accountable if you're willing to let them into your life. Marriages, families. You know, Jesus said you have to hate your family compared to me, but that's only if they're trying to pull you away from Jesus. Families can be pointing you back to Jesus too. Your marriage hopefully is pointing you back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, hopefully we're all pointing each other back to Jesus before we slip out of the yoke um, and get distracted. So I think overall, generally, it's this thing of you know failing and learning, failing and learning, failing and learning, but never failing to learn. Yeah, because. I slip out of the yoke all the time. I get distracted all the time. I forget to look to Jesus um, all the time. Um, but then I learn from it, right? I was like, oh, that slipped me up, right? And Jesus is always with an open invitation, still holding that yoke, being ready to go back, right? Um, he, never, he never closes the door. He is the same Jesus who welcomes everyone in, um, and so it's this matter of like, okay, when you slip out of the yoke, go back to Jesus. <laughs> kind of tear that apart with him. What happened? How do we prevent it from happening again? Learn from it. Um, and with my eighth graders, I, I often have to say, okay, so what are you doing? What should you be doing? Right? And then they give me the eighth grader eye roll and sigh. <sighs> Everybody give me your best eighth grader eye roll and sigh. <sighs> Yes, I feel right at home. Excellent. Okay. And, and then they get to work on what they're supposed to be doing, right? And I think, you know, God would definitely prefer if we didn't do the eye roll and sigh. But sometimes I have to remind myself, okay, Mindy, what are you doing? What should you be doing? All right, I'll do what I should do, right? Um, 
And, you know, it's, it's this matter of reminding myself, because most of us know what we should be doing. We know what the next step is, at least. Um, and, and it's just a matter of, hopefully with less eye roll and sigh, getting to it. Um, you know, in, in, the, in the passage, Jesus said, you know, they're going to laugh at somebody who goes halfway and then leaves. And, and failure is okay, right? Um, but giving up and not learning from it is, is rough because then you're going to repeat your mistakes. Um, in the judo club where I taught in Indonesia, we'd have a big problem with um, the guys because they wouldn't want to fall during sparring, randori. And so you know, they'd, they'd hold on really tight and they'd stiffen up so that they wouldn't fall. Um, and they were just trying not to lose. Yeah? And then over and over and over again, I had to drill into their heads, okay, who is the person who wins at Randori at sparring? And eventually they got, okay, the person who wins at Randori is the one who learns the most. So if you're standing there stiff and you're not throwing anyone, okay, you're not learning anything, you lose, right? If you go with a weaker person, you're throwing them like five times in a second, but you're not learning anything, you lose, yeah? Um, so it's this matter of like, okay, what are you doing to learn? What are you doing to grow? Um, uh, the, the root word of disciple is basically one who learns. Yeah? Discipline means to study. It is all about growing and learning. Um, so I think it's really about you know, turning to Jesus, following Jesus instead of following what you think a Christian should look like or what you think other people um, would want you to do, the needs that are in front of you, um, turning to Jesus first. Um, the whole thing summed up our Blue Water saying, right, discipleship is follow-through, right? It's actually going and doing the things. Um, there was a girl, I just took the eighth graders to camp this past week, uh, and there was one girl who was very honest, and she said, yeah, I believe in God, but I'm not like a real Christian. And I said, well, what, is, what does a real Christian look like? And she was like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't go around reading my Bible every day and singing worship music and stuff. And I'd be like, well, are you doing what God wants you to do? Have you checked with him? <laughs> like, what is Jesus asking you to do? What is he inviting you into? Um, following Jesus, you know, I left the kids at camp with this. It should be an adventure. It should be kind of scary. Um, it should look ridiculous to the people around you, but it does make everything else pale in comparison, right? Um, I think a, a normal life would be very hard for me <laughs> at this point. Um, I, I would hate a normal life at this point um, because looking to Jesus for everything is so much better um, I could face torture and humiliation as long as, you know, I can look to Jesus and be like, what are we going to do about this, Jesus? Um, yeah, and then to try to go on, on my own without Jesus, that would be, I would hate that. I wouldn't want it. Um, and I think that's kind of the level of trust that we're all trying to build um, and that I'm trying to build. So I just want to pray for you guys. Um, and if we have any prophetic folks who have words, uh, they, can, they can get them ready. Um, but Father God, I do just want to uh, just impart persistence, impart follow-through uh, to each one of us. Help us, Lord, to, to help one another, uh, to be supportive of one another, to accept the invitations and really mean it. 
uh, when we say yes, um, not to be distracted by all the things around us, uh, but to look to you. Let's pray this in your powerful name. Amen.